It is a blessing to be with you today on Search the Scriptures. We appreciate all of our regular listeners tuning in. We appreciate you being with us each day, Monday through Friday at this time. But we also appreciate, in a special way, a different way, all of those new listeners who tune in from day to day. You are very special to us, and we pray that you will find this program to be very instructional for you, that you will come to realize that you're actually learning the Bible on Search the Scriptures. We hope you'll listen over and over again, and we hope that you will do more than that, that you will actually contact us, ask for the free Bible study that we offer every day, and we'd love to send that to you. And when we say free, we mean exactly that, absolutely free. We'll take care of the postage both ways. It's wonderful also to be able to visit with many people who have listened to this program in person as they come and worship and study with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We hope if you have the opportunity that you will do that and we'll get to meet you face to face as well. It's my blessing to be able to be with you today and study from God's Word along with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Gary. I am certainly pleased to be on the program today as well and consider it a real blessing and a privilege in my life to be part of this ministry. And you know, you're so right when you're talking about what we're trying to do with Search the Scriptures, and that is allow people to get a better understanding of God's Word and therefore be able to make those decisions which have a bearing on their spiritual lives and to do so in an informed manner. We try to present God's Word in a way that is simple and that is understandable and that does make sense in people's lives. And as you said, it's such an encouragement for us, for those who listen to the program here in the Omaha area, to actually meet some of our listeners face-to-face who've come and who've shared with us in a time of worship together. It really does encourage us. And we hope that for all of you who are listening, whether you can be with us personally or not, that this will be a blessing in your life as you get better acquainted with God's will. And you know, Dennis, it's as you said, our hope and our prayer is that through this program, we can actually help some people change their lives for the better. That's right, Gary. And, And really, that's what God's word is all about. It's allowing people to understand what his desires are for their lives and then allow them to make the adjustments that they need to obey the commands that God has issued to us, and then to know with certainty that they're saved, that they have eternal life waiting for them. And so many people are just going along in their lives in a rather careless, blasé way, as if there are no consequences, no time limit, uh, no day of reckoning or account, Mm -hmm. no judgment day. Yes. And the reality is that we're all living our lives on a ticking clock and our lives are running out. And we are going to be called to account, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, Mm -hmm. for the way we live our lives. Exactly. And in that particular passage you mentioned, Gary, we're going to be held accountable for what we've done that's good as well as what we've done that's not good. And I think included in that is what we've not done that we should do. Exactly right. Now, that's pertinent to what we're studying in this particular series because we're talking about the reality of the end of our lives. That's right. Now, I know that a lot of people don't like to think about that. Mm -hmm. And yet, at the same time, as we've emphasized, nothing gets our attention (laughs) 
quite so well as death. Yes, that's right, Gary. And you know, for every one of us, that day is going to come. Unless Jesus returns before it happens, we are going to die. No question about it. In fact, it is appointed, isn't it? It is. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 27, if I remember correctly. Chapter 9, I think. Chapter 9, you're right, I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, and and verse 27. Yes. It's appointed Mm -hmm. that we're going to die. Yes. And after this, after that, the judgment. Right. Now, we're asking that question, okay, so what if you got to the point where you knew you only had a day left? Hmm. Every one of us reaches that threshold. Yes. But very few of us realize when we have crossed that threshold Mm -hmm. and we're down to our last 24 hours. Mm -hmm. You know, we tend to live our lives as though we're pretty much self-sufficient. And it's rather arrogant at times. That's right. Without thinking about it or intending it to be, nonetheless, it is. When we turn to James chapter 4, James addresses this very fact in verses 13 through 16. How Mm -hmm. about reading that for us? Sure. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, We shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. James pretty well gets down to it. And I think Mm -hmm. he he lays out the scenario in a way that we can readily relate to. Because don't we do exactly that? Oh, yes. We make our own decisions today or tomorrow. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Or maybe the day after tomorrow, this is what I'm going to do. And we're going to go to such and such a place. We're going to do such and such. We're going to stay there this long or that long. Then he even goes and says, we've got these plans where we're going to buy, we're going to sell, we're, make, we're going to make a profit. And then the very next verse, verse 14, he says, look, wake up. <laughs> now, that's the sense of it, isn't it? It really is. You don't know what your life is going to be like tomorrow. You don't mm-hmm. know whether you're going to be alive tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Because what is your life? It is like a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. And we've compared this in other programs to blowing the flame off of a candle and the little wisp of smoke, you know, just drifting up from the wick. Mm -hmm. It's there and then very shortly it's gone. Or the fog that's there so many times in the morning Mm -hmm. and then by mid-morning or so, no evidence that there ever had been any fog. That's right. And we can all relate to those things because we've seen those kinds of things. James says, that's what your life is like. Yes, very brief. Very brief. In terms of eternity, it's just like that little bit of smoke drifting up from that wick of that candle. Mm -hmm. It's gone. Or that fog in the morning. It's there, so pronounced when you first wake up and then it's gone. That's right. Within just a couple of hours. Well, he says you need to ask God into your plans If the Lord wills, we will do this or we will do that. Mm -hmm. And then he even in verse 16 indicates that when you don't do that, when you just make up your own mind what you're going to do, what your life is going to be like, how productive it's going to be, without thinking about God and asking him into your plans, asking for his blessings and so on, he says it's really your boasting. 
Mm -hmm. Yes, and it's interesting that he compares that as well to arrogance. And, you know, I'm not sure we could find anything any more arrogant, Gary, than an individual who makes plans, as James is pointing out in this passage, and doesn't include God in that planning. And yet, don't we do that every day? I'm sure we do. There's no doubt about it. There are many of our listeners listening right now, undoubtedly, who if they stopped and reflected carefully on their own lives would have to say, you know, I do that. Certainly. I I make my plans. I decide Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. I figure out my schedule all by myself. I never, virtually never ask God into the whole equation. Mm -hmm. Certainly happens. Well, when we decide what we're going to do, when, when we make our call our own shots, in essence, we're putting ourselves in God's place. That's true. And we have to be very careful about that mm-hmm. because we don't ever want to take the position where we're usurping God's place and authority in our lives. That's right. It's a dangerous thing to do because certainly... God knows far better than we do what's good and what's proper and what's right for our lives. Earlier in this same writing, James in chapter 1 and verse 17 said that all good gifts and every perfect gift is from above. Mm-hmm. It comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no shadow or, uh, or no variation or shadow of turning. Mm-hmm. In other words, everything that we have that is good is from God, ultimately. It's a blessing from God. Right. So if we make these plans and they do eventuate in good for us, Mm -hmm. the good that they eventuate in is from God. Absolutely. So if we just leave God out of our planning stage, we're asking for God's blessings upon us without asking God for his guidance or his approval mm-hmm. or for his blessings. That's right. It is rather arrogant when you stop and think about it. It really is. It well, is. we have been looking at this particular series. We've been asking the question, what if you did get to that point in your life where something was wrong, you went to the doctor, you didn't know what, what, what it was, he ran a whole bunch of tests, told you to go home, Within just a few days, you got a phone call from the nurse, and she said, all of your tests have come back, and I've got some really bad news, and then I've got some even worse news. Mm-hmm. Well, again, yeah, that would be worse than a call from the IRS. <laughs> you know, all the blood would drain out of our face. Our hands would go clammy. You know, perhaps we'd just grip that telephone in a death grip. And we probably would not want to hear what she had to say next. Mm -hmm. But we ask for, well, what is the bad news? And she says, the tests have come back. The doctor has determined that you have such and such disease. And the bad news is that it is always fatal. And in the advanced stage in which your disease has developed, it's fatal within 48 hours. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, now you really are breathless, speechless. And then you remember she said there's some worse news. Right. And you think, what could be worse? Mm -hmm. And then she said, I was supposed to call you yesterday. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So now you've got 24 hours to live. Mm -hmm. What would you do? Mm. Well, we've asked this scenario 
in relation to a couple of different possibilities that would be facing our lives at that particular time. We've asked this question, what if you had 24 hours to live and you knew that you were spiritually lost mm-hmm. in your sin? Mm-hmm. What would you do? At that point, you really need to get yourself right with God. Well, you need to get yourself right with God before that point. Well, you do, certainly. Because again, most of us are not going to know when we get to that Mm -hmm. last 24 hours Mm -hmm. stage in our lives. Yes, thinking about it from the standpoint that we did know we just had 24 hours, it certainly becomes imperative at that time. Absolutely. Now, we've also asked asked the question, what would you do? if you knew you had only 24 hours to live, and you had become a Christian, mm-hmm. but then you become wayward. You had mm-hmm. become a backslider. Mm-hmm. You had become unfaithful. What would you do then? Well, again, the same, same situation, basically, as a yes, dentist. Yes, it really is. You need to get yourself right with God, and as you mentioned, we need to do that before the last 24 hours, obviously, since most of us don't know when that last 24 hours will come, but... If we did know we were within that last 24-hour time frame, there's no getting around it. You've got to do it. You've got to get yourself right with God. Well, what if you had that 24 hours to live? Okay, and you were ready. You were not only a Christian, you were a faithful Christian. You had been dedicated. You had stayed committed. You were following God's teachings to the best of your understanding And you were ready to face eternity. You were ready for that final day of judgment. But there was somebody who you knew. Now, maybe it was your husband. Oh, yes, this happens very often. Mm -hmm. Or maybe your wife. Or maybe your mama or your daddy or your kids. Or maybe it was a work associate or a friend, somebody you cared about a great deal who was not ready to face death. Mm -hmm. And you had been meaning to talk to them about their soul salvation, but you'd never quite gotten around to it. Mm -hmm. What would you do now if you only had 24 hours to left? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't put it off any longer. Well, you probably wouldn't uh, be just whiling away the day, would you? Not at all. You wouldn't be concerned about cutting the grass or washing the car or getting your hair cut or getting your hair done or getting a manicure or cleaning the house or getting the ironing done or any of that kind of stuff. No, not at all. Wouldn't even go to work that day. No, sure wouldn't. Because all of those things would suddenly appear pretty trivial. That's right. In comparison to the fact that you only had 24 hours left to Mm -hmm. live. Right. Now, would you not try to get in touch with that individual in some way? Absolutely. Connect with them in some way. Oh, yes. Because you might have an influence on their lives. That's right. And you know, it's a good point you make there, Gary, that each one of us influences people that no one else can. You know, we all have that circle of friends or acquaintances or family members, whatever it might be, that we can reach, that we can touch, that we can influence, that nobody else is going to be able to. Sure, I've tried to get that across to teenagers for many years. Who's the teenager going to be most apt to listen to? 
probably another teenager. Sure. They're on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. They talk the same language. Mm-hmm. But it's not just teenagers. It's as no. you said, you know people I don't know. That's right. And even some of the people we may both know, mm-hmm. there are some you have influence with that's greater than the influence I would have with them. And vice versa. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Every one of us has those opportunities to reach out to specific individuals. Mm -hmm. Now, if you only had 24 hours to live and there was somebody you knew that you had been meaning to talk to, would you try to connect with them to some degree, in some way, on those last 24 hours? In Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, what does the Apostle Paul say there? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Do you understand that, Dennis, to indicate that there is salvation through no other avenue other than the gospel? That is identified as God's power to salvation. In the gospel of Christ. Right. Now we can remember that Jesus made the statement in John chapter 14 and verse 6, speaking of himself, saying, I am the way, the way, the Mm -hmm. truth, and Mm -hmm. the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. That's right. So there is no way to God except through Christ, except through his gospel. That's right. Peter also made that statement in essence in in, in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. That's right. You remember what he said there? Well, yes, I'm not going to quote it verbatim, but he tells us that, speaking of Jesus, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's exactly right. And so only through Christ, he is our only Savior. He is our only go-between between us and God for salvation. And his gospel is the means or the plan by which God has made possible for us to have that salvation. That's exactly right. In fact, the Apostle Paul says that we're called to that salvation by the gospel in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verses 13 and 14. That's right, he does. So there's no other way. Now, if we had only 24 hours to live then, would we not want to reach out to that person again, in some way, Mm -hmm. to try to impress upon them, I care about your soul. I want to try to help you. Mm -hmm. I haven't got much time left. I want you to listen to me for at least a few moments. Yes. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 18, what does Paul say there? For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So the, the foolishness of the cross. Now, what he's talking about there is Christ being crucified on the cross. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that was a lowly death. Oh, yes. In that culture at that time. Yes. Humiliating. And typically, if somebody was reduced to crucifixion, they probably would have been, at least in many cases, looked upon as terrible sinners. Yes. Thieves, mm-hmm. criminals. Mm-hmm. A terrible form of execution. Yes, it was. Now, the idea that our Lord, the Son of God, our Savior, was executed in that way, Paul, I think, is saying, would, by that very nature, negate 
in a lot of people's minds his claim to be the Savior. Certainly it would. It would be, as he pointed out here, foolishness to them. Yes. What? Somebody died on the cross? Somebody was crucified? And you're telling me that's my Savior? Mm-hmm. And yet Paul says that, that's, yeah, to us who understand, to us who believe, mm-hmm. his death on the cross is the power of God. Now, mm-hmm. what does verse 21 say? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. So there's the message of the cross, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we need to be preaching and teaching. That's what people need to know in order that they can come to salvation in Christ. That's right. That's an important message for us to bear. Now, if you had, and the clock's ticking down, mm-hmm. less than 24 hours, mm-hmm. you need to try to get that across to that person you've been meaning to talk to. Yes. Because maybe nobody else will have the opportunity that you have Mm -hmm. to reach that person. That's correct. 24 hours. We each need to be thinking. We each need to be getting ready. We'll stop at this point and come back. Pick up here next time. 